Welcome to the I'm Assuming podcast. This is Ija Mohan, and today I have uh, Mr. Conway Luen. Luen? Is that Lun. how I say it? Luen. Dude, you know me from <laughs> high school, man. I don't, I don't, uh, <laughs> I mean, I don't say out the full name. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, uh, well, it's usually Con. Yeah, correct, right? correct, uh, correct. I, Con, thanks for doing this. Hey, my pleasure, bro. Um, I have to say, I think uh, it was inevitable that I would have uh, you on the podcast. Only because um, uh, I find uh, your career path extremely fascinating. Thanks, bro. Thanks. And um, I think, uh, you know, the back of my mind, and, and I think when we met many, many years ago, I did voice it to you uh, that, oh, you know, man, I would love to do this, right? Yeah, like review yeah. cars and all yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I think even back then you said, ah, oh, you should do it. Yeah. Uh, you know, write an article yeah, or yeah, do, yeah. do a piece. Yeah, yeah. And you should just do it, you know. And and I never did. <laughs> Maybe you had other more interesting pursuits. Yeah, and I think um, if you were to ask me or if you were to talk to my wife or any mm. of my uh, close friends and you say, hey, what is Ija interested in? You know, cars would be top three. Yeah. For yeah, sure. Yeah, uh, yeah. My wife would probably say number one, right? <laughs> um, and it is odd that I I do have or I claim to have this so-called passion towards mm-hmm. cars and automotive and, you know, I watch all the shows yeah, and yeah, your yeah. videos and all that. But when it comes to, like, actually, if I say, oh, this being an uh, automotive journalist is so interesting, mm. and when somebody says, yeah, you should do it, mm. and then I don't do it, right? Yeah. And I think what's interesting when I say is that, why, I mean, what would stop somebody from doing it and in in that sense that's why I'm, I'm really fascinated that you kind of went on this journey yep um and and you know i just want to uh if anything i mean the, the, the name of the show is i'm assuming so mm. i'm pretty sure there were a lot of assumptions you had going yep, in of course and and i'm sure there's a lot of assumptions people on the outside like me yeah have when we look at, you yep. know, oh, Corn is uh, reviewing yeah, this yeah, awesome yeah, car, yeah, going yeah, for this yeah. launch, whatnot. So I think I'm really interested to, to kind of like hear from, from, yeah. from you on that. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but maybe to just to start us off, mm. how did you start? How did you get into this world? Um, sheer luck and coincidence. And, you know, I have to say this uh, before we start, right? Every day when I wake up... Um, I always feel very thankful and very blessed uh, to have this opportunity to work in this industry. Actually, technically, I'm in the media line, la, but I always, uh, I've always seen myself as part of the automotive industry instead. That is what I will call, that's an industry which I will call home. And I've always had ambitions to work in the automotive line. Just never envisioned it would be testing cars. I always imagined myself as an engineer working for a Proton or BMW or Mercedes, the right. car companies, right? I never okay. ima- imagined myself. So how, if you don't mind me asking, how, at what point uh, in your life mm-hmm. did you know that you wanted to get into this world of cars? At automotive, right? At what point do you do you remember? Mm, I would say in in high school. Okay. In going into college, actually, there was a point in time because I grew up from 
primary school always had this liking in uh in this interest in cars right but there was this phase i think when i was 15 and 16 where i just suddenly disconnected my interest in cars disconnected when i was about 15 and 16 years old at the time i didn't know why just that period i had zero interest zero following in cars then i think about form four form five i just got back into it and it was then i always want I always, and it was then the thought came to my mind that i want to work in the car line somehow uh now but the idea of being an automotive journalist was never in the picture it was never in it i've always imagined myself working either as a maybe even as a salesman or okay. an engineer then uh i went to uni uh studied mechanical engineering then i graduated uh got a job got an office job wasn't particularly a fun job but okay doing what i mean uh sales engineer okay sales engineer in the oil and gas industry so wow. a lot of people went wow big right? money yeah big money <laughs> but it wasn't um so at that time i was also very active in the auto world forum if you remember autoworld.com yeah. the my forum very, yeah. very active member and um I was so such an active member that they actually appointed me as one of the forum moderators. Nice. So I had so from there I had a uh, sort of like a personal connection with uh, with the general the GM lah. All right. Okay. And at that time, just after I got my job, right, my first job, uh, she she yeah, mm -hmm. she also was she also happened to be looking to bolster her editorial staff so then she okay. posted that time it was still on msn remember wow msn messenger msn right? messenger oh yeah. yeah so i saw on the msn messenger status that looking for junior motoring editor wow so i just dropped her a ping la, because at that time my intention mm -hmm. was that hey this is a good stepping stone into the automotive industry okay. at that time my end game was still right okay this would be a good opportunity for me to get into the industry know people and land a job at a car company somehow or other okay okay um so i just dropped her a line and uh, sent her some sample articles and she said okay um uh, what you call it at first i started off on a part-time basis okay uh you not just part-time but like FOC. I just like contribute okay. articles. It's just yeah, almost uh, uh, what do you call that? If you will call it an internship now, right? Yeah, yeah. Almost like while, <laughs> while still holding my full time, okay. my day job, lah. But were you uh, paid for the articles that you? No, did? no, no. That time was uh, was was free work. I was reimbursed for any expenses, but okay. I didn't get paid. How how if you don't mind me asking, right? How did that uh, conversation mm -hmm. come about? In the sense that because she she did. Uh, advertised for a junior editor role, yeah, right? Yeah. Which I would assume was a paid role. Yeah. Right? yeah so, yeah. which is what you responded with. Yeah. Um, and how did that go from that to you doing like a free gig? It, it, was it discussed in the sense that because at that time, um, I, w I still wasn't. I st I didn't see this as a as a long term thing. I okay. saw this as a stepping stone. So, was it? Did you make did you make an offer that said I'll do it for free? I didn't actually. I just said, um, what about uh because I, I wasn't at the same time, I don't know. At that time I was also a bit apprehensive in a way to to walk away from the traditional, you know, office okay. kind of career so path. So you you at that point 
your objective was not to quit your job. Yeah. It was you wanted to get involved yeah, with the automotive yeah, yeah, world, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah, okay. Yeah. And uh, so did she end up hiring a junior editor anyway? So, or or were you the person? Six months later, she hired me. Lo. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's a long interview. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Um, but, you know, then... As I as I as I worked in there, right, um, one year, two year, three years, and next thing I know, I was I was uh, because okay, when I went when I jumped from my first job to 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 this uh, editor role, right, I got a slight raise. Okay. And um, and during my first um, but the thing is that where I was, right, budget was also a bit tight, lah. So negotiating a race was a bit difficult at the time. So, but the but the stars aligned for me. Um, there was one particular media drive where I had the opportunity to encounter a, an old timer. Uh, he was trying to revive an old magazine, la, and he needed needed help. Okay. So he is a very established name. In this was how many years in? This was a year in. So there was. Year in, including your six months. Yeah, one year in, okay. and this is a guy who his name is Mel Lee. Okay. Okay. Uh, he's he's a guy whom I, whose work I read since high school. Wow. And and you know there was one media drive where we were flown to Trangganu, drive down to uh to pa- to Podikson and up to Penang. It was that long journey. Wow. Um. So he was in, he was for some reason he was paired in the car with me. I had a conversation with him, and for some reason I do not know why this seasoned veteran took mm-hmm. a liking in me. Uh, he offered me like a side job, okay. yeah, to 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 contribute articles to his to his publication. Okay. So uh, my employers at that time were like, okay, um, we can't give you a raise, but we are happy for you to take this. Side, side, side jobs okay. um, provided it doesn't interfere with your duties I say hey this is great I'll take it up and from there I saw my income increase again Okay. and uh, during that time right I was from that point I was very actively whilst holding my employment Right. I was actively canvassing for side jobs here there so in a way um, I was at that time earning double my official salary Okay. And I was a bachelor. <laughs> so you imagine that okay. in, in that when you when you're seeing that kind of um of earnings, which mm-hmm. is technically not a lot, but it is but for for a bachelor it's it's more than enough, right? Right. In a way it supported a, a, a decent lifestyle. So I was like, hey, I can I can do this for the long so haul. All your when you say you were doing all the side jobs, mm-hmm. it was all under the automotive all journalism. Automotive related, yeah. Okay. I was at one point the most prolific full-time employed and freelance writer in the business. Uh. <laughs> okay, I actually find this very it's, it's an interesting point mm. because um, is is this uh, a norm? Uh, it's unique because if if you were an engineer working for a company, mm. technically they wouldn't like you no. doing it on the side, and I think it kind of applies to most jobs. Yeah, yeah, but. I think even when it comes to journalism, if I were to see, mm. if you take like uh, Top Gear and you mm. see all these guys, apart from the TV shows, they do a lot of writing, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I also see, you know, I see the articles coming out in the newspaper, I see the mm-hmm. articles coming mm-hmm. out, you mm. know, in magazines. Mm. So is that a norm in like, in journalism or automotive journalism that you, even though you have 
uh, day job with with you know Ottawa at that point. Um, it is an accepted norm for you to guess right, and um, is it unique to journalism? It's um, well, it's not not every employer is happy happy to let it, but um, it is easier to get such opportunities in this line versus versus other industries like what you say in like um in a standard office job let's say yeah. like uh an auditing auditor's job for example right you can't audit for kpmg and you audit for another yeah. firm by the side you yeah. can't do that um but in the in the journalism world um i think if you are a writer with a certain clout if you have a certain leverage you know with mm. your with your company uh, but of course this is all on the condition that you fulfill doesn't affect, yeah doesn't it doesn't affect, affect all your deliverables if you can manage your deliverables then by all means okay yeah. um i think another assumption that i probably uh didn't even think about actually but now now that you you're mentioning this um uh, is that is journalism one of the professions where it is actually very very results oriented in in the sense that we um again i'm asking a question right it's mm. not setting a point but i'm asking a question where it sounds like if you can produce x number of articles pieces mm. or whatever your deliverables were mm. then okay fine you're free to pursue other things right mm. where in a bit of a in a general work setting mm. Uh, whether you are an auditor, an engineer, a lawyer, or whatnot, there seems to be a never-ending flow of work, right? I mean, there's no such thing as oh, deliver X and then you're done. It's always there's always the next thing. Yeah. So they basically pay you for your time in office. Oh, I pay you for your nine to five or mm. whatever, mm-hmm. and I expect you to work. You are you're supposed to dedicate those hours to me, lah. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Where else? It it talking to you. It sounds like you know, as in journalism, where you have actually very clear you know like pieces that you need to do of course there's a lot of work that goes behind yeah, yeah, yeah. you know reviewing a car it, there's a lot of work behind just writing the article mm-hmm. right it's, it's, there's a lot of work goes be- before that but as long as you can produce that mm-hmm. um, they, you can say that some some uh, media outlets are okay if you uh, also freelance and take on other jobs is, mm. is that I'm, mm-hmm. try, I'm trying to kind of uh, get an understanding if if it is an if that is unique to journalism or, mm, or automotive actually journalism. interesting you make that point because um one of the things about my 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 job my my line of work over the years is that or rather one of the the i don't know how you call it but it's like i think in this line of work right i wake up every day not knowing what's going to happen in was mm. w- not knowing what's going to happen today um mm. it's a very fluid kind of mm. kind of uh work i mean like for today like today for example the only thing that i knew was going to happen when i woke up today was that i'm going to meet you because we we, <laughs> had, we had this set up right um but there is no we don't have a, a KPI that say that okay in one day you must produce two articles or three articles because um, some some pieces of work alright articles or video or whatever you can turn it around in half an hour okay. some take 
half a day some take a full day some take three days of production so um i think it's it's really more about ensuring on a continuous basis that that you whoever that hires you uh has a continuous stream of content coming coming out from you um of course there will also there will along the way be paid okay videos paid articles mm -hmm. those memang have to come out as per the deadline stipulated okay. in your agreement with the client okay okay those are the non-negotiables um but i think the what i can see is that in a way i'm quite fortunate to have to have, to be in this industry okay um at a sort of transition point because before i joined this industry it was all print okay it was all print and yeah. and there were and and the barrier of entry into print is very high because yeah. you have printing costs you have distribution costs logistics all these very so it makes setting up an automotive title a very expensive business yeah. and there at that time before i came in the club or the the clique of automotive journalists is very small mm. a, a mm. handful of it and mm. these guys were treated like kings at the time okay because okay. what when they make a statement yeah <laughs> because because the industry only had those few voices yeah. coming up, all right. Um, then I think it was in you know in the 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 two thousands that a certain Mister Paul Tan came in and changed the scene. Wow. He he mm, brought yeah. the conversation online. Um, and there was also Ottawa before him, who was which was the pioneer Malaysian automotive website, but didn't have quite. Didn't manage to to get grow the, in grow its get the reach. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Actually, my my first yeah, what you say is absolutely right, and I think uh, my recollection, the thing that I look forward most to when I was a kid on the weekend was not even the Sunday cartoons, right? It was actually the CBT car CBT, bikes and trucks. Right. 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 Pull out. Yep. I try to like get it before my my dad yes, gets yes, it. Yes. See. And see. and I will go through every. I mean, it is just a few pages. It's yeah, not. Yeah. It's not a full yeah, on. Yeah. But I would. You know, I had. I knew, I knew the name Chipsy Up yeah. only because it's there. Yeah, and yeah, yeah, yeah. It's it's the and and I think in a sense at that age mm. that was my access yep. to to the world of auto yeah, automotive yeah, world, right? Yeah, yeah. But kids at least back then I didn't have the money to go out and buy car magazines yeah, yeah. and whatnot, mm. or at least not like regular monthly publications, yeah. right? Yeah. And yeah, so that means basically it, 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 a newspaper. Mm kind of controlled yeah. and <laughs> so the barrier for entry yeah. there is extremely high yeah. and actually many of my peers in the industry today came from CBT wow. they started I'm off at CBT yeah. CBT was um, we, we affectionately call it the Automotive Journalist Academy <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah I'm not surprised because yeah, that yeah. Uh, that is uh, yeah that is my fondest memory of, yeah. of, of my weekend yeah. when I was young yeah. and uh, when when you know when you when Paul Tan showed the way with, uh, you know, going online, it became the 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 barrier of setting up a publication suddenly dropped mm. because it is now you all you need to do is to set up a website, and it becomes a question of how well you structure your website. Mm. So that when people search on Google, you are the first to you are the first on the list. Mm. 
all right um and and now the 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 converse now so for i think what from 2010 2008 maybe to 2010 all the way up to about maybe four or five years ago the bulk of automotive you know content consumption was there in 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 that online space in blogs you know websites people also we set up all these websites and and that was how most of how the most of the automotive scene operated at that time and you know that time we were talking people were all talking about videos mm. that time video was a concept but mm. all the videos that people know were the high high quality production mm. stuff like the top, top gear, gear the fifth yeah, gear yeah. and when you look at it it's like you're feeling how on earth do i shoot something mm. like that mm. you 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 immediate immediate even though you do you are not in video production you know that costs a lot of resources manpower and money to shoot yeah right uh but then i think three or four years ago uh my current boss bobby he 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 um he was one of the people who i think had a great impact in in switching our converse uh, the uh consumption of automotive content to video okay okay before we jump into uh that part yeah which i think uh i would really want to hear about yeah. just to kind of recap um i think there's a couple of things that you mentioned that is is i find it very hard for people for you know kids who you're in your place in mm. your age at that point to relate to now right? yeah. for example right when you say something like oh yeah you work for free for six months yeah yeah right um man how many kids do you know today mm. that would that would do it mm. that would do that would be willing to go to an interview yeah uh, for a job and yep. then uh, and technically not get paid for six months mm. um do you, what kind of drove you to make that decision in the, in the sense that um you're doing it yeah you mentioned uh, you already had a steady job, so mm. it, money was not the issue. Mm. It was um, you, basically your passion. Yeah, yeah. You know, you're kind of like running again, running towards your passion, right? Yeah. Do you see um, what would be your your advice? You know, if somebody's listening now and they're like, "Oh man, being an automotive journalist or being in this world is so cool," right? What would be your advice to somebody who was at your age? You know back then what would be your advice don't now? expect to drive the nice cars in your first assignment <laughs> or or um, like how would you suggest they start like how would you suggest they start now now today it's so much easier to start than it was even in my time or even before that now you have so now social media has democratized accept your your access to a platform from which your voice can be broadcast and okay. and there's also still the traditional blog format which right. is still there you can still use okay so here's where i want to um, i want to kind of change the narrative a little bit i i i completely see the point and i agree with you that mm -hmm. uh, essentially anybody can do this yep. for example this podcast yep. is out of nowhere right? yep. i feel like doing yep. it um yep. i call a few friends and then we are doing it exactly right? Um, so 
But what I'm asking is sometimes, uh, you know, now I'm 36 years old, mm-hmm. right? So I've, I've, you know, I've have got a little bit of experience. I've got a little bit of, just uh, say confidence. I think I can do. I think I can't mm-hmm. do right. But if I were to imagine myself, you know, when you're, you know, 21, or even if you're 18, right? You know, you, early, you're not even in college, and then you feel like you want to do something. I think we at that age we forget that you know we we have not built our self confidence yet. All right, right, right. And to to ask someone at that age, or even a fresh grad, to go out and do something totally new, some are capable, some will do it. But I think a lot of people will like, oh, I don't know lah. I'm mm, you know I don't think I can. I don't know how. Right. So if if I were to position the question as in, if somebody is interested to get into this automotive world, and I think there's a lot of value in um, having a mentor or being mentored, right? So, uh, yes, go out, do your own thing if you think you can. But if you just love cars, right? Mm. And but you don't know what to do. You don't know. Yeah, uh, you don't know if you're a good writer. You don't know if you're what. But if you just want to get involved, if, if somebody wants to be your cameraman, mm-hmm. <laughs> just to be in this world, right? How do you? Uh, have you seen in in your years? Have you seen totally new people? Uh, come in and you know uh, and shadow you guys or get involved with you guys to kind of get in. Is, have you seen it in the past? Or how of do course, you? of course, God. Um, our line of work always attracts, um, always attracts interest. In people wanting to 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 come into our industry because the, a lot of people see the glamour side of it. They see us, uh, they see us driving the nice cars and, mm. and they want to be a part of that. They want to be a part of that. Uh, and we we don't get an a shortage of of inquiries, even even unsolicited every day. Um, our our horizon inbox right, Facebook inbox right. There are people sending in queries. How do how uh is is there an opening? Can you mm. join us or not? Mm. So if you're a young person, to answer mm. your question, if you're a young person, you want to get into this industry, I would say, um. Just go and knock on as many doors as you can. Um, all the automotive titles mm-hmm. are now accessible on Facebook. Mm-hmm. Drop them a private message. Say that hi, I want to to. Uh, I'm looking for a job. All right. Mm-hmm. Um, do you have an opening? Uh, and of course, approach with a humble attitude. Uh, oh. Yeah, that's yeah. a topic. That's a topic for another conversation. Yeah, yeah. I mean, <laughs> okay. Uh, okay. because there are there are a lot of people who come to us say they want to do this, do this. Then, uh, then when we ask them, we we we, we take the conversation deeper. Mm. There will be a lot of uh, but I don't want to do this lah, can I? I don't want to do that lah, can I? Dude, mm. you are just starting. You, this is a time. Mm. You need to prove yourself first mm. before I hand you the keys to that Mercedes or that BMW, mm. right? If you if I if I if you haven't proven yourself in a Myvi or an Asia, how am I going to hand you the keys to a car that is that is five ten times the value? Yeah, I think and and yeah, in an in an essence, I think that is where I struggle with. In the sense that um, even people that that maybe I've interviewed and I've talked to. Mm-hmm. In the last maybe five yeah. years, um, I don't get that. Uh, I don't get the feeling that hey, I want to come and learn. Yeah, I what I it's an overwhelming um, response, especially from the uh, and I'm talking about like the fresh grads, young people, mm-hmm. right? Not the established people. 
so the fresh grads where they don't seem to have the experience and all mm. that, but they come in uh, sort of with the attitude that um, you know I am uh, God's gift to Earth mm-hmm. and. I will let you pay me, and I will spend my time here. And if I come to the office, you have to pay me. Yeah, yeah. And there does not seem to be a, a realization that uh, that you're here to learn, yeah. and you're here to grow, right? So yeah. you're coming here to do this, maybe this work, and yeah. learn and grow and further your career. Yeah. And that learning part, where hey, I need to do everything to learn, or that that the curiosity. It's so rare. I mean, yeah. I'm not saying it's not there. I've, I've definitely seen it in in some, and actually, even to this day, I tell people, uh, probably the most curious person that I've ever hired was actually an intern uh, from France, a French intern mm-hmm. who could barely speak English, but he, every day he would see me, and then he'll be like, "Hey, what can I do? How can I help you? What are you working on? Do you need help? How can I help you? How can I make it easier for you?" And I've never come across somebody who was. That hungry, you know. Yeah. In that sense, it's yep. so. I think that is the challenge because I can definitely imagine people messaging you guys and saying that, "Hey, how can I be part of this? When do I get to drive the Ferrari?" Right. Yeah. And and <laughs> I, I can imagine that. <laughs> and let me tell you something. You know when was the first time I drove a Ferrari? When was that? This year. Man, after how many years in the yes. industry? How many years were you in the industry before? Uh, you? I started in '09. That's eleven years. Yeah, uh, I mean to be fair, uh, I I was offered the chance to. I have been occasionally offered the chance to drive Ferrari since twenty sixteen or twenty seventeen. But mm-hmm. every time, for some reason, because of there, <laughs> I had to, uh, I had to 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 assign the invitation to another colleague. Okay. So it was yeah. I think it was only this year that or last year lah mm-hmm. that I finally had. It's like okay, fine. I ma- I managed to spare the time. I'm going to take this one. So, which one did you drive? The first Ferrari was my first Ferrari was the GTC4 Lusso T. Oh, that's mm-hmm. a nice car. Mm-hmm. The, but that's a nice family man car. Yeah, 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 yeah <laughs> If yeah, you yeah. can say that about yeah, a Ferrari, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, it fit. It will fit me, my wife, and my two kids. I think I think many people will say it will fit them. Yeah, 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 yeah. Because yeah, you're yeah. like, oh yeah, it's got four seats. The interior is very luxurious. It's got all the actually Ferrari tickets. interiors are not what. But you the Lusso is not so bad though. The I Lusso mean, is not so bad. The, yeah. the, I mean, yes, the other ones very Spartan. Yes, like, you know. Yes. But the Lusso, I feel because I think they see it as a Grand Tourer, right? Yeah, 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 and yeah, 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 yeah. So that is, I feel, I, maybe you can say it's a softer. Ferrari. Yes, yes. So I could. If I had the money, I could justify it to my wife. You, you could, you could. <laughs> well, else, you know, if you're talking about a four five eight, yeah, yeah la, that uh, is. Uh, I'm gonna go pick up chick's car, right? Yeah, and my wife. Yeah, 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 yeah. She, <laughs> your wife probably would have something to say about that. Oh yeah, yeah. Uh, she will want to drive the car. Yeah. Uh, okay, so oh, that's a cool car. That was your first Ferrari. That was my first Ferrari. Yeah. Okay, yeah. and have you driven more since? Uh the F8 Tributo. <sighs> you know the the Ferrari that. Um, that I want to drive more than anything, which I don't know whether I'll have the chance to, is actually the 575 Marinello. Oh, nice. Uh, I think it was an era thing, right? I think when I fell in love with, when I really fell in love with cars, right? I, I liked cars before, but when I really got obsessed, the sweet spot for me was 
and the E39 M5. Oh, that's my dream, bro. Yeah, that's and my and, dream. and and you you really stuck it to me driving in today with your E39. Okay, <laughs> my, my, not an M5. Just okay, a 520i. Yeah. yeah, that's fine. Yeah, but yeah. it's the E39. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, and around the same time was the 575 Maranello. Yeah, yeah. And man, those two cars today, even today. Yeah. I look at them. I look at your car. I look at those this, yeah. those rims, and yeah, I'm yeah. like, oh man, that's I want. You know, I'll be happy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that that'll be my my combination, right? If mm. I can get those two cars in my oh. garage, I'm good to go, bro. Yeah, man. Yeah, man. <laughs> I, I imagine that's uh, that's a pair that will make most people very yeah, happy. But about, I've like, not actually. I've not seen a five seven five. Not even the Marino. I've seen a five seven five Berlinetta. Mm-hmm. In NASA showroom lah, <laughs> but I've never seen it on the road. You know, Berlinetta actually will be even more. It's even cooler, right? The Berlinetta. Yeah, but then I, I don't know. I just never imagined uh, myself ever having like a, a soft top or open yeah, top, yeah, yeah, yeah. especially in Malaysia lah. My paranoid mind just thinks like one guy is just gonna spit in your car. <laughs> <laughs> one guy is probably just going to say hey go pay your taxes like this spring your <laughs> so I, I I I like hard tops mm-hmm. I mean uh, convertibles look great I yeah, mean, yeah, uh, yeah but rea- realistically I don't know when I will use a convertible yeah you know um, so I've always been obsessed with like hard tops mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, but no man I've never spotted a 575 in fact I've I've the only Okay, and the only E E thirty nine M five that I've seen was also in a NASA showroom. Oh, really? Yeah, but, but this was like a a pre use model. Yeah, uh, they brought in and you know, my E thirty nine M fives are rare, bro. They are hit. They are they are hundred and fifty thousand ringgit cash buys. Do you do you remember the the ad that BMW did for the E thirty nine M five? The one with the rocket, right? Yeah. Oh, uh, with, with the the Uber saloon, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And Man, the soundtrack was yeah, spot yeah, on, yeah. and and I saw that I was like, "Oh man, this is yeah, yeah. perfect in so many ways." Exactly, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And and I think I don't know those those that would be my balance. Yeah, you, you know. Um, but dude, you know, E thirty nine M five. Yeah, actually, if 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 you say right in if my in my my lifetime, if I will only get to buy one more car, that would be it, lah. But finding uh, one in our market, whew. <sighs> yeah, and I mean, uh, especially these cars in uh, the Malaysian road tax system. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. And these guys, uh, you know, monster engines on both these cars. Yeah, four point nine. Uh, yeah. So, yeah, it's a pipe dream, bro. Yeah, but, yeah, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. But that doesn't stop us from. Dreaming. It's not an unachievable <laughs> dream. The 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 bigger challenge actually is to find. To find one with a seller, with a willing seller. Yeah, I think if you're holding out to E39, you're pretty much an enthusiast at this yeah, point. Yeah, yeah. But I think M5s in general are quite popular. I mean, yeah. uh, it's quite popular, but the people who hold on to them, yeah, uh, like the F10, there's a lot of M5s in the market, yeah, right? A lot. And and if I'm not mistaken, a buddy of mine wanted to buy yeah. was was itching before COVID to buy the M5 yeah. and I was lucky enough to tag along with him yeah, to go yeah. and test drive a couple of those F10 yeah, yeah. M5s oh yeah and man these cars are 
Yeah. That mm. the M5 also has an interesting story to me. That was my first uh, F10 or F10. Okay. F10. Uh I was actually invited for the international media drive of the F10 M5 in Seville. Wow. Yeah, yeah, wow. Yeah. yeah, yeah. This was back. So you in, were there? I was there. I was there. I think oh, man. 2010. So this or, is when I feel like, you know, you have the best job. Oh yeah, yeah. That that <laughs> that was one of the more <laughs> memorable trips yeah, uh yeah. of my career i think i uh yep i was on the high, on one of those roads on the straight roads on in in uh, in in seville okay it lah just try top speed run i think i hit 247 wow yeah, yeah. seven kilometers kilometers per hour yeah yeah wow yeah it can go faster though. Oh, it can. It can. It can. <laughs> I mean, I'm just saying. <laughs> it, it can. It can. It can. But but that that car, yeah. which is like a tank, yeah, 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 going yeah. at those yeah. speeds, and it, and it was so effortless, so effortless. Man, it's amazing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, it's 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 uh, it's. I'm, I, if people are listening in and they're not, you know, petrol heads, yeah, they're tuning out right now. That one, because <laughs> we're going into F10s and E39s, yeah, and yeah. you're yeah. probably that one. That one. <laughs> <laughs> they they um we were we we were staying in some some resort in a godforsaken place lah you know it's like mm. it's probably like the Rawang of Spain or, <laughs> or when I have friends from Rawang they're gonna be very upset or or, or the <laughs> but I understand you know okay. what I mean right um <laughs> no it's it's not it's not even Rawang bro it's like there is not there was nothing there within walking distance okay it was just a resort by itself mm-hmm. um. And you drive out, lah. You drive out. Uh, one of the, the the programs was that we would we drove the car from the hotel to the Ascari racetrack. Okay. Then, Ascari racetrack. Yeah. So we, we we drove. We they let us test the car on track. Um. And my God, those BMW driving instructors—they are insane. Insane in what sense? Insane. You know, right? So they 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 guide us, lah. So each of so we we went out. Uh, in in formation, I think two cars, uh, and 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 a lead car in front of so three cars all together, right? Okay. So we all go, and it was crazy. I remember I was coming out of the corner. This is three cars on Ascari. Yeah. Yeah. So there were more cars, but not not the same Everybody time take turn la. Everybody okay. take turn. So there was one lead. Yeah. So the lead car is a instructor. Okay. Guiding us. So you were driving alone in your car. I was driving alone. Okay. So it was instructor guiding us on the line. So. The brief is you just follow the lead car. Okay. All right. Mm-hmm. So same car, F ten M five, F ten M five. Coming out of a corner, I full throttle lah. Mm-hmm. The bugger is actually still pulling ahead. I was like, "Fuck! I'm full throttle already." So when they take you on out a stri- on a track like that, yeah. right? Do they ask you to like disable all your? No, 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 no. Um. They will, they will guide you, right? Okay. They That's probably why he pulled away, though. Yeah, his, probably, yeah. his traction was off. He is probably, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> his traction was and like, stability was probably off, I and the guy was, is... <laughs> I was like, dude, I'm not, I, I full throttle already. Why is that? Why is the gap opening? Mm, I, I bet I mean, you. I on, bet you the guy switched to... I mean, he knows the car. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you see, the thing is that along the bands, you're a master, I'm an amateur, you yeah. pull away from me, I, I, I perfectly get that, you know? Yeah. But... It's mystifying to see that car on a straight line. I'm on full throttle, and the gap is widening. It's insane. It's insane. Yeah, insane. I mean, I, I I guess when um 
I, I I enjoy driving. Yeah. Right. Yeah. But by no means am I a, a, a racer. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Again, it's a pipe dream. Like how yeah. automotive journalism is a pipe dream. Yeah. In, in another life, oh, I would have loved to be a racist. Yeah, yeah. You know, but you know, probably be... I need a car double the size of a current F1 car to fit inside. <laughs> but I. Th- uh, but knowing how to drive goes a long way. Yeah. Uh, in you know, you could have a car that's not so fast. Mm. But if you can drive, yes. and some guys can drive. Oh yes, guys and girls, I must say, yeah. can drive. And when you see these people in action, you're like, oh, okay, and I've just not been driving. Yeah, Dude, I'll give you a funny story, right? Yeah. Why I say this? Um, I I met uh, this really interesting character. Um, I don't know whether he wants his name to be mentioned. I'll just call him Mister O. Yeah. Okay, that's not his real name, obviously. Mm-hmm. I actually met him at uh, the petrol station near my house and I was uh, pouring gas into my Kia mm-hmm. and that's when Patron just announced the Ron 100. Yeah. I was like, oh, I'm going to test it. This is going to make my car go so fast, mm-hmm. right? So I was testing the Ron 100. I was, I was filling it up and then this old um, uh, Alpha, I think it was a 2000 GT Spider, right? And he came up behind me uh, and this gentleman got down. Uh, it was a fairly older gentleman. Um, he was walking with grace, uh, you know, a little bit of a, a limb, you know, and he was, he started to fill up his car. Uh, he also was putting the wrong 100. Lah. And then I was, I was, I looked at him and it's like, and I couldn't help it because the car was in such pristine condition. It was so pristine, right? I was just like, I couldn't help myself. You know, I was, I just done. I just washed my car, so I was wearing like, uh, you know, I'm a big guy. For those who are listening to us on audio, I'm a big guy. Yeah. I was wearing like singlets and like basketball shorts and slipper. Mm-hmm. You know, I I was not like any way presentable and whatnot. Mm-hmm. And all I l- looked at the car and the guy was like, "Man, that's a cool car." Yeah. So I couldn't help myself. I yeah, just said, yeah. "Man, that's a cool car." Yeah. And then he he looks at me and he go like, "Oh, you like cars?" I was like, "Oh yeah, I mean." Yeah, I'm sorry. I mean, but that's a cool car. Oh, come, come. You want to have a look at the car? So he actually... Wow, we nice are in the guy. petrol station. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then he, he, you know, he opens up this bonnet, the boot, inside the car. He asked me whether I want to sit in the car and look at it. And everything was pristine, right? Oh. And he's like, yeah, yeah, I just spent a ton of money bringing it back up. I mean, like fixing everything and all that. Uh, and all that. And I was like, oh man, this is, you know, this is amazing. I really, you know, thanks for letting me see it. And then he was like, Oh, so you really like cars? I was like, yeah, yeah, I mean, I love cars. He's like, oh, come, let me show you something. Then he takes out his phone, and then he starts showing me photos of cars, right? And it's, he's telling me, like, oh, these are all cars that I've, I own or I've owned before. And, you know, he's showing me, like, Porsches and Ferraris and, and Aston Martins. Uh, and then, okay, the Ferrari, he did say that he, he only had it for a few weeks, yeah. but decided not to buy. It's, like, too high maintenance, right? But he's showing me these cars. And I was like, Man, this is amazing. Mm-hmm. And then he's like, oh, okay. Then he's like, I'll tell you what, one of these days, give me a call, come over to my house and check out these cars, right? So the reason, uh, we can dive into that a little bit, but the reason why I brought up the story was, on, I've met him a few times, so one of those times he, and this guy is always working on his cars, right? So he's got his RX-8 that he has thoroughly modified, thoroughly, almost to a, a track spec modify right so you can't like putter around with it he's like would you like to drive this car i was like yeah for sure so we're driving our regular roads right so i take the car out and 
I I can safely say it's my first time driving any kind of track spec car. Mm. So it is not like any regular car. Yeah, yeah. And this man, keep in mind, he's well well into his 60s if not older. And he was scolding me most of the time driving. Yeah. He, and he was scolding me for not pushing the car. Enough, ah. Right? He was ah. scolding me for like you know like more throttle, more throttle. What are you doing? Brake, turn, da, 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 da. and I was like, "What the?" F-? You know, I was just like, "Man, <laughs> I thought I was an okay driver." Yeah, I, yeah, you know, yeah. I, I thought I was an okay driver. Then, then you know, halfway through, he's like, "Let me show you." Keep in mind, ah, huh? sixty yeah. plus, yeah. maybe seventy plus yeah. year old man. I get into the passenger seat yeah. and I hold on for dear life. Yeah, as this man shows me a masterclass on yeah how to drive a car, the basics of driving a yeah, car. Yeah, yeah. And the basics are so freaking basic, right? Yeah. And I was like, how come I never learned this? Nobody yeah, taught yeah. me this. Nobody yeah. has told me. Yeah. And that guy can drive, yeah. bro. I can. I can imagine. That guy can really drive. And anybody imagine. looking at him yeah. will not even think that this guy can you know, make run laps around you in any track. Oh. You know? And... And that's why that's when I was like, right, well, okay, so that's really a skill that you need to uh, learn, practice. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yes, he's he's had the luxury of 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 being successful financially to be able to afford to play with these things, lah. But uh, but man, man can drive, man. Yeah, amazing, yeah, yeah. bro. And so yeah, so when you when 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 you say that when you told me that oh this guy is just pulling away. I was just like in my mind. I was just thinking about this, Mister O. Yeah. Who's like, yeah, I, I drove the same car. He drove the same car. Two different cars. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Um. Yeah. So yeah. So so you were saying about in Ascari, uh, the the, the you're driving the F10 M5. Yeah, 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 yeah. And okay, so when it comes to this kind of test drives, right? Yeah. Um, how, how, in my mind, if I were to assume is they let you have a field day with the cars, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, but in reality, what, what is it? Maybe you want to tell us what is it actually like um, to go on one of these test drives, especially for like one of these high-performance cars. You know, mm-hmm. um, what is it actually like? Is it very, you, they give you a key, you jump in and you just it drive? Um, if it's the Europeans, they are usually quite liberal. Uh, the Japanese manufacturers are a bit more conservative. When you go for a test drive with a Japanese brand, uh, international media test drive with a Japanese brand, it's okay. always in a closed circuit, uh, speed limits and all that. For so performance cars? Even for performance cars. Okay. Right. Uh, but when you go to Europe, uh, they are a bit more liberal. They want you to experience the full... Um, the full spectrum of the car's performance. Okay. So uh, they give you a bit more of a free hand. Uh, usually the format when we go for a European press drive is you fly in. Mm-hmm. At the airport itself, the cars are lined up. Okay. There's a briefing room. You go in there. You they give, At the airport, there's at a briefing room. At the airport, cars are there for you already. You go in. Um, you go into a briefing room. They, they they give you a presentation, you know, they tell you what are the spec of the car and all that. Then they hand you the keys. They tell you, then in, in the GPS, mm-hmm. the hotel is already preset and the hotel is usually about one, two hundred kilometers away. Okay. So along the way, you drive, you feel the car, you reach the hotel, you check in. 
Um, then you still then you have your free time. Okay. Uh, maybe to take the cars out again for your photography, your videography. Mm-hmm. Next day, drive back to the airport, fly out. Okay, so it's just one night sometimes. One night. Uh, some but uh, re- some sometimes what they will do is. The the Malaysia office they mm. will fly us in a day earlier. Mm-hmm. We'll stay at an airport hotel or whatever. Mm-hmm. Then the next day we'll be ushered back to the airport to to catch up with the main program. So why did they do that to fly you in early? Just to just so that to give us a acclimatization for the jet lag. Ah, mm. you know well, that was that's, that's that's because flying in that's like how many hours flight if you're going into Europe. You know, depending on where you transit. Is it uh, so? If I were to ask you, mm-hmm. are the, the the common assumptions right? Are the flights paid for? Of course. I mean, uh, paid by the paid by the 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 car brand. Car brand. Mm-hmm. Okay. So the the other assumption is that um, that automotive journalists are like you know they are lavished and f- they you know they are fine dined. So you are very happy with your experience. Um, is that? Is that also true is in the sense that is that a very especially with the luxury brand it was more true years ago than than it is today la. okay yep. what changed uh, too many journalists now is it that's probably <laughs> one um, and I think and I think uh, yeah I think it's it's the sheer number and also okay. I think the car brands are just looking to worked out bet- ways to better optimize their their spending Okay. No, I can I can yeah. definitely see that. Yeah. So in in the sense that okay, that that's uh, if you're flying in, mm. uh, do they pay business class or not? Some always? do, some don't. Oh, actually, to to come back to my earlier point, uh-huh. um, there's because uh the on because the transition from print to online mm-hmm. has also introduced one more aspect to our work. Okay. So in the days of print, right, mm-hmm. you fly in, you drive the car, um. You, 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 it's it's more chilled because uh, you can take your time and process your story. Got it. Until Got the it. next cut of day. But it. whereas now in online, the yeah. pressures from the top for mm. you to the publish first. the story tomorrow, uh, today, yesterday. Mm. All right. Mm. So uh, even the journalists themselves are now less bothered with. Um, with the fine dining, with all the the bling blings, then they, they are with having proper mm. Wi-Fi and uh, and a desk to work with. So, so does that mean that uh, if just say, okay, COVID is a bit of a weird situation, mm. but if it was before COVID, mm. uh, you would fly in. Mm. Do you, you know, do you put out an article the same day before you fly out, or you still come back before you? Um, I wouldn't go as f- put out an article before I fly out, but probably I'll be working on the plane on the way back. Okay, uh, I think now that you mention it, um, I do realize that like even, um, like Top Gear. I mean, okay, mm. like, they're very famous, so I I tend to have a, watch a lot of their content, even on YouTube and all mm. that. So even now, when you talk about a car, mm. even before they review a car, there's like a pre-review. Mm-hmm. Where they just talk about the specs of the car. Yep. Right. Yep, so yep. in a way, I can see that. In a way, from what you're saying, is that the journalistic, uh, I guess, hunger to be the first. Mm. So even though everybody has not reviewed the car, including them, mm. 
they're still kind of talking about the car. Yeah, yeah. You know, they're standing around the car and talking yep. about it and blah, blah, blah. So even when, when I think the uh, the latest uh, Ferrari came out, the um, the hybrid, what was it called? The uh, the one that came out very recently. Uh, it's got a unique name. Um, the, that was the Roma. Roma. Is it the Roma? No, the Roma is not the hybrid. I think it was the SF9. Is What's it? That? Okay. I, now we are uh, losing our credibility as automotive <laughs> no but but why I bring that up was that it was just this the uh, one of the top gear editors uh, walking into a Ferrari dealership mm-hmm. and walking around a car in a showroom and just talking about it he has not driven it it's mm-hmm. not a review yep. but the idea of getting the story out yep. first mm-hmm. See, that's an assumption that I never considered before. Lah, because yeah. I just imagine, wow, you just get to drive and enjoy. And Sometimes and, you uh, don't get to drive the cars, no. Wow, that's amazing. Yeah. yeah but yeah. if they fly you out, they have to let you drive of the course, car. Of okay, course. Okay, so you're I talking mean, about like, uh, when usually they just issue a press release and ask you to write about a car? Or? Uh, if they just issue a press release, it's up to us whether we want to pick it up or not. Lah. It depends. We, then we will evaluate whether whether this piece of news is something that uh, that generates content of value to us or not. So at what point in time uh, so when you mention that sometimes you don't drive the car mm-hmm. what scenarios are there where you actually write about a car that you don't drive? Mm, well sometimes it's uh, typically la, typically mm. it will be brands like Rolls Royce Okay. Okay, because the cars that they bring in are very bespoke it's like you may have three or four different Cullinans, right? But each car is specced for a different customer. Okay. So they will arrange for us to view the car. They'll, okay. They'll arrange for us to experience the, the um, you know, maybe even the interior of the car. But mm-hmm. uh, we, we don't often get to drive it. And we don't expect it because we know that every car they ship in, they it's probably... It's a customer's will, car. Yeah, it's a customer's car. Okay. So uh, in a way, we... We are understanding of that. <clears throat> it is actually only the mass market brands, you know, that they produce cars in by mass production. Right. That they they register a dedicated press fleet. Okay. Fleet for media to test drive. Mm. That is the ones that we, we give them a ring and say, Hey, can we test your new five series? Can we test your new S class, E class? Okay. But even in, in the case of this um like let's just say this this ultra luxurious brands like your Bentleys and mm-hmm. Rolls Royce and all so on, um, but even those guys would sometimes yep, invite some- you over. Maybe not in Malaysia because the cars here are not meant for press. Mm. But you know, like you said, like sometimes it'll be Seville mm. in Spain mm. or Europe, and then they will organize a test drive. Some actually, but sometimes uh, they do. They. Rolls Royce, no, but uh, Bentley, Aston Martin, they do have customer test cars. And if they have a free slot, they will ask us if we want to have a go in it. But wow. it will be a mm. one-day thing. La. Okay. It'll be just like, you know, that day, the car is free. You can you guys can take it out for a drive. I mean, these are the, the, the dream cars, <laughs> but I can also imagine that, you know, how many people can actually afford to buy these cars. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, and if you can afford to buy these cars, are you still looking for reviews? <laughs> you you probably aren't, um, but sometimes we we drive these cars, we experience these cars is so that for 
or people who can't afford it, they can sort of experience and know what it's What's like. like. Mm. So so it builds the curiosity for them and it it it, it adds to I, I suppose the 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 hype for these ultra luxury brands. But don't discount sometimes um even the the potential buyers Mm-hmm. of these ultra luxury cars they want a second opinion before they commit to a purchase too. yeah I won't be surprised as well I mean uh, even if it is just status you don't want to drive a car that's been you know marked as a yeah. not as a oh this is not the best in yeah. class yeah. right yeah. Yeah. I think um, speaking about uh, the luxury cars right and you having traveled uh, abroad to review cars and all that do um do we have a different perception of cars in, in just say Malaysia mm-hmm. uh, or Singapore? I think similar dynamics, as opposed to, um, you know, just say the Euro in Europe, yeah, or even in the US, maybe right? Um, is the perception of cars there, um, or luxury cars there, very different from here? Very different. Very different. Um. And I think the the other thing I wanted to ask is in the in the sense because um you know my my wife li- likes to watch some of the shows on Netflix yeah. um where it's about all real estate people or you know all this reality TV and then these people drive like oh Porsches and Ferraris and all that and then um she's like oh look at them they're so successful they have all these cars blah 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 and all that and I tell her, like yeah you know but those cars in the U S you know mm. cost a hundred thousand dollars. Right, and if you are earning a hundred thousand dollars, a hundred thousand dollars is not a lot of money. And if you were to convert that to Malaysia, I mean, when somebody in Malaysia drives, say, uh, a, a new Mercedes, yeah, right, uh, a new E Class or whatnot, that kind of earning power, you could probably in other markets drive a Ferrari. You right? can, uh, yeah. I think I'm. I'm not just saying in terms of. Uh, tax it's it's a combination of yes yeah. it's uh, the tax but also uh, the earning potential of the currencies yeah. like, you yeah. know yeah. our minimum wage here in ringgit is similar to minimum wage in dollars right so yeah. it's almost dollar yeah. to dollar comparison yeah. so I was like yeah if you technically if you're earning say 10,000 ringgit in Malaysia mm-hmm. most probably your job you would earn 10,000 dollars in the US yeah. and if the cars there are going to cost you a hundred thousand dollars mm. And the cars here cost you four hundred thousand ringgit. Yeah, technically it's four times more expensive. Of course, yes. Here, yes, right. And then my my wife does not drive. Okay, yeah. she's got a license, but she does not drive. But the, her assumption was, oh, if you got a Ferrari, your all yours amazingly successful and rich. Yeah. In Malaysia, absolutely. I mean, if you're driving a Ferrari, yeah. a luxury car in Malaysia, oh yeah, you got money. Yeah. Uh, in I think in in Europe or maybe US you're successful but I, I I don't know whether you are considered uber rich as what you would have to be right and in that sense why I ask the question is in that sense I feel even the the, the luxury cars uh, in Europe in US in other parts of the world I feel it's, a, it's still a lot more accessible of course to of course. to their masses as opposed to us uh, I think a, a simple uh, example is uh, if you go out on this road now and we see how many S classes we see on the mm-hmm. road, right? And there's actually quite a lot of S classes, yeah. right? Yeah. Technically, uh, if our system, our tech system was different, 
all those would actually be Rolls Royces or Bentleys, Bentley. right? Because that's uh, that's actually the buying power that we have here. But the way our system is yeah. is set up, right? So in reality, is we could also be buying those cars if the, I mean, right. if the tax system was structured right. in such way. Um, and I think that's why I I think that's the uh, I don't know if I have a point to make, but I think it's very odd that it it is looked at very differently, right? Uh, where if you see somebody driving a Ferrari here, it's like, oh, this guy got way too much yeah, money. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> or else, you know, in in and I think somebody who has a Ferrari in yeah. Malaysia, I would dare make a guess that they probably own five to ten cars. Yeah, and a Ferrari is one of them. Yeah. Where else in, in Europe and US, you could have two cars and one of them is a Ferrari. Yeah. And I think, yeah, what you say is right. In terms of relative of the price of the car versus the buying power, uh, it, it is, um, there is that disparity. So here, if you turn up in a brand new Honda Civic, mm-hmm. people already see you, hey, you are, you are on your way up. You know, you're on your way up. Right. If you turn up in a Volkswagen Golf, mm. that's an enthusiast car. Mm, 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 but mm. in Germany, Volkswagen mm. Golf is what people buy for their grandmothers. <laughs> All right? Not not saying it's a bad yeah. car. It's not. But yeah. it is a Volkswagen Golf in Germany is mm. as accessible to the masses as a Myvi in Malaysia. Mm. Okay. Yeah, I can see right? that. Um, and you go to Europe or even when I was... In Australia, you can see the way people treat their cars reflect that. Mm. That time, there, there was a time when I, that time when I was studying in Australia, right? Mm. Um, I was observing this student reverse parking his car. It's an old <laughs> Japanese car, la. but the car had no reverse sensors. Okay. So all it did was was just reverse, reverse until the bumper hit the barrier. <laughs> Come down, okay, pop, go. That's it. Um, and in the a few years ago, when I was in Paris, <laughs> so you 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 know in you know in 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 our town, right? Let's say like a road, you have all the parking bays marked properly. Correct. In Paris, all they do is by the side of the road, they just draw a line. Okay. You mm. how you park your car in the line is your business. But it has to be as long as it's inside the line. As long as it's inside the, li- there are no boxes. It's just mm. one line. You sumbat mm. your car in there. That's it. Mm-hmm. So that's why a smart four two makes sense in Europe because mm. your other cars have to parallel park. Mm. Your smart four two can park perpendicularly and still be within the line. Okay. Yeah. I mean, or I think even watching all this, this uh, car shows, mm. one of the running joke always seems to be like in France you park by touch. They say right. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you, you basically go crawl forward until you touch the front yeah. bumper and the back bumper. And, 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 and people do that even <laughs> with their Bentleys, with their Mercedes. They will just boom, boom, okay, boom. Okay, done. <laughs> it's in a way, it's sort of a bit like how we treat our phones. I mean, okay. how I treat my phones. Like I'm a bit rough with my phones, so it's like yes, I do spend my money to buy a decent phone because now I need a good phone to yeah. record my videos, right? But if say my daughter takes my phone and drops it, I don't suck it hard even. Okay. It's 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 a it's utility, you need yeah. to use it. It's not yeah. a luxury item. Yeah. Whereas if let's say like like you know, if you were to scratch your car at the parking lot, you'll be looking at that at that scratch for a long time. Like Okay, it's interesting that you say that, right? Uh. Um so I'll give you another example. Um have you been to India? 
Yes. Have you test drove anything in India? Yes, actually. Uh, but this was uh, interestingly enough with my previous job when before I joined this line. So, okay. um, I was being shuttled. I was uh, flown into Mumbai Mumbai Airport. Okay. Then uh, we went to Pune where the company's office is. Mm-hmm. So on the way back, uh, the company sent. This was when you were in journalist my, before journalist. My previous uh, before I joined journalist. So this was as an engineer, as oil and gas engineer. Okay, yeah. So uh, <laughs> my my company was uh, was was Memang an Indian. Okay. You know, uh, India Mir company. So, um, they 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 were they were shuttling me to the airport, and I was sitting in the in the Tata Indica. Mm-hmm. The driver was very slow. Mm-hmm. In, in typical, so I was like, after a while, I got bored. Right, I tell the, hey, can you let me drive? Uh? <laughs> I I just got so bored in the car. I tell, can you let me drive? Uh? Then he like, he like stunned, you know. But he handed the keys to me, lah. Mm-hmm. So I think I remember on the on the Indian highway, it was like the equivalent of our plus highway. Okay. Pretty decent, mm-hmm. all right. Uh, I think I was driving about hundred. Okay. That's very and fast, find there. Yeah. It was it was fast for him. He was visibly <laughs> nervous. People don't drive fast over there. Ah, no, 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 no. Uh, but once I reach Mumbai town, I was like, okay, dude, I, the keys are the, the the car's yours, man. Take it, take it from me. Yeah, the, once the traffic in the cities. Oh. I mean, why I brought that up was um, many many years ago. I went to India with a friend of mine. Yeah. Uh, it was supposed to be a work trip for me, um, but I was paying for the trip myself, and and it was it was a holiday for him, so it was kind of a hybrid trip, right? Um, so I went with him, and uh, man, India, the traffic is is insane, is insane, um, and it's got really odd quirks, right? Yep. Um, so one of the, the the running jokes in India is is also that. If you can, you know, when you buy a car, if you can get the car from the showroom to your house without a scratch, it's a miracle, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, you know, and you think, ah, ha, 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 it's a funny joke. Oh, yeah, it's a lot of traffic, right? And in India, we, when we are on the roads, you constantly see this, like, minor, minor, um, not even accidents, right? It's just incidents, just right? bumps. Yeah, like, you know, this, and, you know, like, the Suzuki Swift is very popular yeah. in India. That's, like, your equivalent to Honda Civic here, yeah, la, yeah, yeah. right? Uh, so, you'll see a lot of this, like, uh, you know, this working urbanites in their Swifts. And, you know, they have this auto rickshaws that'll go anywhere, right? This is, uh, I guess, tuk-tuks, la, similar to tuk-tuks, right? And just sitting in the car, traffic light, you know, you'll see, oh, the auto turn this way and scratch the Swift. Yeah. And they're in a traffic light, they can't go anywhere. The Swift guy gets down, yells at them, blah, blah, blah. And the guy yells back, blah, blah, get back in your car, life goes on, right? Um, and and that's one. So this kind of incidence is like so normal. They'll get out, they'll yell, they'll scream at each other, but there's no money being transferred, there's no insurance. It's just, hey, why did you scratch my car? It's stupid, I'm not seeing where you're going. It's like one of the past gram like that. Lah. Yeah, and, it, and, and I tell you, I have a few of these stories that I can tell you. It's quite entertaining, right? So that's one, right? And you see this exchange... Another observation I had is um, they don't. Most cars don't have side mirrors, right? or they fold it in. Yeah. So uh, and and I and when I asked my friends there, um, so they were saying that in India when you buy a car, side mirrors are optional. You can ask if you want. Some cars come standard, and it is always kept folded. Yeah. Right. And I was like, man, but how do you see on your sides? He's like, oh, in India, 
we travel by sound, right? As a matter of fact, right? So if you have noticed, um, they they are constantly honking, right? And yeah, most yeah. most bus and trucks will have please. Yeah, honk. yeah, that was amusing. Yeah, they'll yeah, have yeah, yeah. please honk at the back of it. So when and, I, and no, please honk. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, very polite, right? <laughs> and when 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 I was talking to okay, this person was a bit. I, I guess a bit more observ- uh, observant than most. So he, when he was telling this to me, right, it made a lot of sense. He's saying that there's, there's just there's so much chaos on the road. You alone cannot navigate it. So it is actually a, a, a group effort in the sense that if I'm overtaking somebody on the right, I'm honing to let that guy know, hey, I'm on the right. Yeah. So if you are driving, when you hear a horn on the right, say, oh, okay, somebody's on the right. So you don't actually have to look, right? Mm. Because... And that's why they're constantly beeping and saying, it's almost like, hey, I'm here, I'm here, look at me, I'm here, I'm here, yeah. I'm here, right? So they're kind of like, yeah. almost sona. <laughs> you, know, it's, you know, from a Malaysian perspective, you go, hey, what's wrong with these people? But yeah. once, you, once you just, you know, detach yourself and observe, these guys are like, the honk is actually a hello, you know? It's a, yeah, yeah, and yeah. it is not offensive in any, in Malaysia, if you horn at someone, uh, it is offensive, yes, right? Yes. It's, oh, why are you honing at me, uh? Right, even I go to a guardhouse or so. I want to tell them, no, but I am so hesitant to horn, you know, because it's in our culture it's seen as offensive. Yes, yes, right? yes. In their culture, it is the driving culture. Like when you drive in India, it is you're just announcing that yes, you're there. Yes. Look, I'm going to overtake you here. Watch out, mm. right? It is not saying, "Hey, stupid driver, don't know how to drive." It's none of that. Yeah, right? yeah. And also, the main reason they fold their side mirrors in is because if your side mirror is out, it's going to get knocked out. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yes, yes. Because they're always nipping in and nipping yeah, out, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's going to get knocked out. Yeah. I, and I thought that was fantastic. And the most extreme, the most extreme example was one of these nights I was like drunk. Uh, you know, we, we went out drinking and uh, we had a driver who was sending us back. And I was the last one to get dropped off. So I was alone in the car sitting at the back. And he was in it. This was maybe like 2, 3 a.m., right? Driving on the streets of India. Okay, India is very big. This was in Madras, right? Mm. Uh, Chennai, down south. And the streets were empty. I was very drunk, right? And this driver was, he'll drive on, beep, beep, beep. Then I keep, every time he beeps, I'm like, I keep looking at the road in front. I see the road's empty. And after like 10 minutes of this, I was like, I was like, Baya, please, why are you still honing? There's no cars, right? <laughs> and this is, his reply is, oh, you never know when somebody might run across the road. <laughs> <laughs> so he is, in, you see, uh, he, it is not so much, uh, he, he is not, the mindset is different, right? It is not like, I'm scolding somebody, they don't run across the road. He's announcing himself, yeah. hey, I'm here on the road, don't run across it. Right? Yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm driving on the road. Yeah. So it's a very, it's, I would say it's almost a mindset, right? Yeah. Because we use the the horn here to the pasgram. Yeah, yeah, it's to kind of like to to, to kind of like uh, it's, to tell it's, people off. Yeah, it's yeah. to correct. It's like, hey, why did that? Right? Yeah, 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 yeah. Whereas they use the horn to to, to just let them let people know that yeah we are here. And I, and I'll tell you one more story about India, which I thought was so fascinating about the roads there right, is that we were in uh we were we went up to Bangalore, the three of us. Another guy was about my size, and another another friend of mine was probably half my size. Right? The reason I why I say the three sizes is when we got in Bangalore, uh, when we got there, we was we supposed to take a taxi to the 
to the hotel. Yeah. And uh, and the big guy, the other big guy was actually a local. Yeah. <laughs> so, and he was like, oh, no way we are paying for a taxi. We are going to take an auto. Right? And and I was like, dude, have you seen my size? Have you seen your size? And then we have another friend with us and he's like, and we have big bags. We have, we were carrying luggage, right? How the hell are we going to fit in an auto? Ah, don't worry about it. Don't worry about it. Right? Oh, we are taking auto. There's no way I'm paying for a taxi. I was like, fine, like, fine. You're the expert. You're the local, right? And he got us an auto. We got onto the auto, and I was like, not convinced. We were like, you know, if you have seen an auto, the, yeah, the wheels yeah. are like, yeah, the, yeah, you know, it's yeah. like it's probably places. smaller than that fan. Yeah, and and so we were on the auto, and we were moving not very fast, and sure enough, we were approaching a few big, big roundabout. The auto tire blue, right? The tire blue on, on my side, no coincidence there, right? So we had to get down. Okay, so there was chaos. The roundabout was full. So we got down. We were getting down from the from the auto. As we were getting down, I was looking at the roundabout. And an auto was turning. A car, a van was coming. And then they got into each other's way. They knocked each other. The auto is a three-wheeler, right? So it just collapsed. <laughs> it went on the side. It fell on the side. Uh. There was a passenger in there. It was uh. a guy. So we were witnessing on the side of the road. It was a huge roundabout. Not like our roundabouts here. It's a huge roundabout. Maybe there's like four or five lanes, right? Uh, my, my auto guy saw that accident. He immediately just ran across traffic and there. That auto guy got up. The car guy got down from the car. The passenger was still in the auto, stood up in the auto all the sideways, right? All four of these guys picked up the auto, put it the right side up. They, uh, they exchanged words. I, I stupid lie, stupid, whatever, right? They all got back in the auto. My guy, after lifting the auto, came back here. The driver got into the car. The auto and the passenger continued on the journey. The car continued on the journey. The guy came back here. And then we got another auto. We continued the journey. There was no chaos. If that had happened in Malaysia, oh. or even in Singapore, yeah. oh. not just a collision, uh, the ballet with passenger inside, uh. the passenger will be like in trauma. Yeah, Over yeah. there, chaos is such a norm. Yeah, yeah. Is man, it was. I mean, it was beautiful to see, like, In the sense, that it's like I, I couldn't compute it. Right? There's that order somehow in that chaos. Yeah, you know, and you know, uh, uh, the that car vehicle went to the side. Yeah, and they just everybody picked themselves up. I got places to be, people to see, and they went. Yes, they exchanged words, lah. Nobody threw a punch. Nobody was yelling, banging, nothing. It's like, ah, you know, in India, I think a, a very popular saying over there is, have you informed your house? You know, it's like saying, hey, you told somebody you're going to die today. It's, it's like a weird joke-ish mm. kind of, it's, it's a diss. Yeah. You know, so those kind of words were thrown across. Like, ah, you told your family area that you're doing, you know, you're going to kill yourself today by doing these stupid things, right? But that's it. And man, I mean, that's, you know, we see as such a chaotic driving. Oh my God, I can't believe people can drive in that environment. But when something like that happens, if it happens in KL, who are the standstill? Ah, man. You know, that time in in- when I was in India, I think I was there for five or seven days, I was so amazed I did not witness one accident or even the aftermath of an accident. Oh, the, the accident happened and you just couldn't see it. Maybe, <laughs> because it was maybe. so fast. Maybe, maybe. <laughs> um, you know, it, how in sometimes our roads, right, we occasionally curse at the 
motorcycle coming the opposite mm, direction. Mm. When I was there, I saw a whole lorry coming. <laughs> you know, mm, those construction mm. lorries coming. Oh. And, and, and nobody, nobody made a fuss about it. Everybody just, oh, okay. You know, um, I, I, okay, before somebody says that we are kind of like uh, dissing India a lot, I yeah. just want to make it very clear. Number one, I love India. Number two, I am Indian. I am from India. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember that, yes. <laughs> yeah, I am actually from India. Yeah. So in a way, I'm just nostalgic. <laughs> if anything no, I, I, think, I, think, I think we are, we are, we are being, we are describing it as it is, as it was, as we saw it. And I have a lot of, uh, uh, not say in India, Indian friends. I have a lot of Malaysian Indian friends. A lot of us, our mutual acquaintances mm, do. Yeah. So I have a, I, I have a, uh, quite a fascination with the Indian culture myself. No, I tell you, the, even when it comes to just the driving, some of the things that I can't, he- can't wrap my head around, in India, and when my mom was there, it was the same trip, um, I, I realized that Indian roads had chicanes. You know, like how you have a chicane in an F1 track yeah. to slow down traffic, right? So, so they build these really big roads, yeah. right? And they realize that people go too fast on it. Yeah. So they literally put barriers. Yeah. Uh, sometimes right in the middle of the road, no? Yeah. And there'll be a police guy standing behind a metal barrier. So literally, it's a highway. You're driving. Suddenly, there's a barrier in the middle of the road, and you have to drive around it hmm? just to slow down traffic. Mm. And they have left-right chicanes as well. In some roads where they just put up a barrier here, put up a barrier there, so you have to make a difficult turn just to discourage people from going far. I mean, that idea is in... For me, it's an insane idea. But it works. It works. It works, but... It, <laughs> it's actually better than speed bump and... and, uh, and what you call that? And rumble strips. Yeah, I mean, th- there's... So in India, um, the prevailing... Uh, so there's a there's a prevailing ideology that uh, people power is an ideology. Whether it's true or not, I don't know, right? Uh, but there's a prevailing idea among the masses that the power is with the people, yep. right? So if you are in the right, you can fight for it in a sense. So some of the, uh, I think the explanations I've heard was they are, they are against like even speed bumps and rumble strips yep. is because it damages the car. Exactly. And it it's does. costing us money. It does. And it is wear and tear. So why do we... So technically, these chicanes and stuff is not damaging to the car unless you ram into one. It's... it's <laughs> you know, chicane... You know, the, the speed bumps and rumble strips are particularly hazardous for motorcycles in the wet. Oh, man. I can imagine, bro. Because because the there is... Especially rumble strips, right? It's tarmac and then there's a strip of paint. Yeah. Different roughness. No traction, yeah. Yeah. Your as in four wheels it costs causes a bit of suspension wear and tear. But in two wheels, it affects the dynamics and balance of the motorcycle. So yeah, so maybe they do have a point. Yeah. Right. And and but the re- I wouldn't say the I think the extreme example is sometimes you will find that there's a literal tree in the middle of the road. Yeah. And I was like, so there's there's, you know, tarmac tree in the middle yeah. and tarmac all around it yeah. and there's lanes on both sides of the tree you, you just have to drive around it lah. yeah and, and I was like what the hell is this why is there a tree in the middle of the mm. road like mm. if this was Malaysia people would be knocking into yeah, it right yeah, yeah, yeah. and it's like oh yeah because uh, the tree was here for hundreds of years 
before we were here, you know, or before the road was built. So what is it? Why must the tree pay the price? And why must you chop down the tree for the road? The tree was here before the road. God, that is just so so profound. It's it's they they do have uh, there's a little bit of I know it's Indian and Chinese a little bit of Zen. <laughs> I think I think I think right in India from what I observe it's a bit more the land is a bit more it's not as lush as what we what we are blessed with here in Malaysia. So tree there are fewer trees there to start with. So I think maybe they are more appreciative of it. Yeah, I, yeah, I, I, I don't know if the, there's there's a scarcity, but definitely in the cities it's way overpopulated, overcrowded, and um, but they do have a sense of um, attachment to nature. They have a sense of respect. Yeah. In the sense that you know they, uh, I don't know, they they see as hey, we breathe oxygen from the I trees. I think that's something that we all can learn. Yeah, but I I must say it's 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 a. Uh, Man, for for somebody who's used to, uh, like our driving system yeah. and our road system, seeing a tree in the middle of the road was just mind blowing, right? Mind blowing, and I think that if you work in that the fact that they don't by default drive fast, yeah, yeah, yeah. and they there's this little organized chaos that works that they they know how to make it work, then yeah, in that context, everything works. Yeah. You bring uh, that here. If you bring, uh, or if you bring us there, oh man, it's going to need some adjustment. Yeah. But again, I'm just saying it is so different, right? Our what what we assume compared ourselves, I mean, to the Europeans and and then even to India, man, the driving uh, experience is like so insanely different. Yeah. I just wonder how road tests are. How I would you do a road test on Indian roads? I don't know, man. <laughs> I really don't know. But you know, I've heard of this this billionaire. Uh, sons and daughters of Indians, where you know they drive on like some horrible Indian roads. Yeah. They drive their their the SLS, you know, and their, when the SLR first came out, apparently there was some billionaire kid driving around and just slamming the suspension into the ground, and you know. Uh, so yeah, I mean, I guess you can drive fast whether you can. You can <laughs> the cow. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, in in- I-, I learned that in India, a Honda City is a chauffeur-driven car. Oh, dude, you you be surprised in um in India. I think most people who afford cars tend to have drivers. Yeah. So even like uh in in India, I think Maruti is like the Daihatsu equivalent, right? Yeah. Yeah. Here's the Maybe equivalent. So their their cars are not big. So like their Maruti cars, some of the small cars you can compare. It's like almost not even a Maybe. Maybe is big. Maybe a Viva. Yeah. Right. So even those cars will have they will have drivers. So in in the sense that we kind of attach, oh, you must have a luxury car before you need to at least have a Camry or a, yeah. or a Accord. Before you have a driver, even, I think even if you if somebody hires a driver for a C class, we will then we will also give them a one kind look. Yeah, um, yes, you're absolutely right. But then, but in India, it is, uh, I suppose, labor is also a lot cheaper. Yeah. Right. Um. So most households, most I'll say, middle class households in India, they'll have a few helpers. So the the person who cleans is cleans. The person who cooks cooks, and then they'll have a driver for the house and. 
um, for us by our norm seems like oh this is very wealthy if you yeah. have a driver yeah. in Malaysia if you have a driver you're very wealthy yeah. like. but over there yes I mean you're not you're definitely not poor but it's like a middle class uh, kind of deal yeah because the I mean the wealthy over there is oh man it's just yeah. wealthy it's I mean, off there's no comparison now. <laughs> I think uh, I think you can, the closest comparison is probably you can do India Indonesia comparison yeah. like the wealthy in these countries yeah, 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 yeah. are Literally living like kings and queens. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> Their wealth is off the scale. Yeah, but but you're right though. I mean, that's another observation, right? In the sense that, yeah, for them, it's uh, having a car is just to get to point A to point B, yeah. right? And actually, you don't see a lot of like BMWs and Mercedeses oh. and all that. Um, I noticed but, uh, Honda is a very strong Honda, uh, Hyundai. Yeah. Then of course, there's Maruti. Yeah, Suzuki. I mean, like, like Hyundai, all have huge factories. Huge Hyundai has actually quite a huge address. presence in the whole South Asian region. Yeah, yeah, uh, Bhutan, Nepal. Dude, I'll tell you a, a funny story. When I was there, it was just so happened that uh, the the other big guy, uh, who was there, the friend, his name is Sandeep, right? He's a professional golfer in in India. So shout out to Sandeep. So his dad, um. Uh, if I'm not mistaken, runs a bottling factory. And at that point, bottling factory um, with Kingfisher. Kingfisher, Ooh. right? So, uh, his dad was, was close to, um, I, I think, Vijay uh, Malia and the whole Kingfisher. So, he, and there was a resonance with autosports, uh, motorsports, right? So, when we were there, it just so happened that we can there was, I think, like one of their Formula 3000, 1000 local uh, races in, uh, in I think it's the Madras circuit, um, which is right opposite the Hyundai huge factory, right? So the, the whole road getting there, you'll just see trailers parked, you know, you'll see for kilometers on, uh, just trailers parked along the side of the road, on both sides of the road with cars on them. Because it's a huge facility. Hyundai is a huge facility. And we were there at the racetrack. And we were on the track. The father was on flagging off the race. And, the, and the, they did the formation lap. They were about to start the race, right? Me and my friends, we were up in the tower. And suddenly the dad calls my friend. And he's like, hey, do you want a photo with the cars? <laughs> right? And we were like, yeah. Or oh, after the race? No, no, no. You want to have a photo now? Come now. So they, the, the cars are running hot, right? After their formation lap. They are in great position. They waited for these three idiots, as me included, to come down a tower, jump onto the track, sit next to these cars, and take photos. I, I'm pretty sure the drivers were cursing their hearts out at us. Yeah, but yeah. for me, it was like a once-in-a-lifetime yeah, opportunity. Yeah, 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 and yeah, it's yeah. like, it's the chaos of India. Like, you yeah. know, if you know the right people, <clears throat> we were on the track before the race. Taking photos with the car before they they before they start the race, and after the race we had to go in the safety cars. <laughs> so, I mean, man, India has got a lot. It's a got it's, a, it's a very fascinating country. Oh very yeah, the most interesting things that you're working on now we have not even managed to 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 get yes, <laughs> to yes, talking yes, about yes, it. Yes, yes, yes. Maybe tell us where you are now. Uh-huh. And that will be the precursor for our next pod, I guess. So over the con- the course of our conversation, we talked a, b- a lot about me writing, writing. But uh, the last two years, much of my output has shifted to 
video. The reason being, and this is a Google gave out this statistic that more than 90% of Malaysian car buyers use video to, to assist in their decision-making process. Wow. And how did they get that? that? I guess it's a survey. La. I'm not surprised because I watch a ton of car videos. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, and the thing is that we, 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 as car enthusiasts, we will always enjoy reading car reviews. Yeah. All right. Absolutely. But as car enthusiasts, but when you are a layman, you want to think, where am I? What am I going to spend my hundred and fifty thousand ringgit mm. on mm. to buy a car? Mm-hmm. You either go to your car guy friend, right, right, or you probably want something that shows mm-hmm. rather than talks right right so video is something that allows you to in a way experience the car by proxy before you 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 turn up at the showroom the showroom the 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 the, the showroom is still still plays an important role yeah. but uh we found that it is through our video reviews that mm-hmm. we help shape a lot of purchasing decisions so by the time the customer watches all the videos of all the cars that he's interested in, by the time he walks to the dealership, he is probably 90% made up his mind on what to buy and hunting for the best deal. Okay, so the team you're with now... Horizon. Horizon. Yeah. And uh, and what, I mean, definitely the last six months with COVID and all has kind of changed a, a lot of, a lot, a lot of yes. things. Yeah. And... Uh, uh, how has it affected you guys in terms of doing your reviews and the videos and so on? Um, we we did a lot of videos from home. Um, we did a lot of question and answers. So what we did was for a time we 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 looked through our comment section, mm-hmm. picked questions from the comment section, and we answered them on video. Nice. And yeah. in in terms of um, moving forward, I I, I remember seeing. Um, I believe there was a, like a recent meetup, or they did they went for a drive, right? Uh, Bobby and the we, family we, and all. Yeah, I mean, uh, after the a lot of restrictions were lifted, we went for a few drives uh, nice. all around town. And the thing is, the thing about you know drive driving mm-hmm. drive outings is this: it's natural physical distancing. You are all contained within your cars, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And um, we always gather at open spaces, so in a way, it's <clears throat> it's easy to observe all the physical distancing guidelines. Where would they find you guys? Uh, where can they watch your videos? Um, you can connect with us on Facebook, Horizon Malaysia, or on YouTube. Um, just search uh, Evo Malaysia. You will okay. find our videos. Uh, the a unique concept that we do in in Horizon is that. Each every presenter owns his or her own YouTube channel. Okay. So there is no Horizon YouTube channel. There's no U, uh, Evo Malaysia YouTube channel. It's okay. Bobby Ang, it's Beng Lim, it's Khan, it's okay. Nas Abdullah, it's Fadil. Every, each of us, we own our YouTube channel, but our video carries the company branding. Oh, that's very interesting. Yeah. Actually, I just wanted to ask you, what's the difference between Horizon and Evo Malaysia? Horizon is the is what we call our publishing house. Okay. Okay. Evo Malaysia is just one of the title. 
Okay. Evo Malaysia was the pioneer title. It is our flagship title. But um, as we ran Evo Malaysia, as we interacted with our audience, we found that um, people who buy cars also buy houses, mm. also furnish their houses, also buy lifestyle, mm. various lifestyle things. So under Horizon, we also have other titles like Estate Malaysia. Mm -hmm. Talk about property. Mm -hmm. ID Malaysia, we talk about interior furnishing. Mm. Karat Malaysia, we talk about... The, it, it started off as a jewelry-focused title, okay. but we also cover apparel, watches, and all that. So, hey, Con, this is, this is amazing because I follow you guys. I, I, I follow Bobby, I follow you. And I had no idea about all this ancillary side yeah, of the... This, because these ancillaries are still... We are, we are building them up. Okay. Yeah. Wow. Um, like, but we, we found that there is a way we use cars as mm. a unifying uh, fact, a pool mm. to get people together. And once we can get all these people together, we can use this platform to, to shout out other other uh we can bring in collaborations from mm. other other no other it makes sense i mean if if you love cars and if you're fortunate enough to afford a nice car the chances are you would want a nice house you'd want yes, nice things in your house but it is it is cars <laughs> that get people out together you don't yeah. have house clubs i think there are but it's like weirdly yeah, I, right. I think there are groups that go out I don't know whether they still yeah. do yeah. Um, I, I knew there were people who go out like house hunting together yeah, yeah, and yeah, do yeah. investment blah blah yeah. blah but definitely you're not going to have fun it's doing different. that right? it's, yeah, yeah. it's not right. an enthusiast you, you can be all, another example you can be very passionate about your phones yeah. you don't have phone clubs yeah. or watches well, maybe Con, I must say the, the Apple fanboys and fangirls will, uh, will, will disagree with you but they, you, they have a cult <laughs> But, but yeah, either way, but you see, that's I'm the, just kidding. Yeah, 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 yeah true. <laughs> Before everybody starts reporting this, I'm going to be taken off iTunes, I'm sure. <laughs> but you see, that 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 is just then you'll be just focused on Apple. Yeah, you can't yeah. diverse into understood. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. No, no, I was just joking. <laughs> and, and and you're right. I I think there is something really emotional about um, how. A lot of us feel about our cars. Exactly, it's not a thing. Yeah. It is something, and it's and I think it is is not the same as even a house yeah. or yeah. stuff. It even you could be a watch collector, mm. uh, but not be highly emotional yeah. about your yeah. watch, right? You could appreciate it, but you might not be emotional. But exactly, you know, cars are things that people yes. are very passionate about. So yeah, exactly. okay, I hear you. I think that actually sounds. Brilliant. Maybe I will. I will uh, let we end it here. Yes. So we can come back. Uh, hopefully, in the next couple of weeks, continue oh, sure. this conversation. Sure. sure. I, I really want to hear because this, this how the video side of the business is extremely fascinating. Yes. And all these other guys, uh, other things that you guys are doing is is, is news to me. Yeah. Um. Uh, so I look forward to that. Right. I'm looking forward to that. Hey, too. thanks, uh, Con. Thanks a lot for doing this. Thanks a lot for inviting me. And I will see you soon. See you soon, buddy. Right. Take care.